Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. This is episode 414. I've really got a great guest. I know I say that every show, but I've actually really been looking forward to this interview. We got Isaac Rosokatif, and I probably totally butchered his name, but I warned him. And Isaac is a real expert on AdWords. And um, I've been on some of his courses on Unimi, and he really knows his stuff. Isaac, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Sure. My name is Isaac uh, Rudansky. So Rudansky. Pretty, I, I, butchered, okay. I totally butchered that, didn't I? Close enough. Last name doesn't really matter. Um, and yeah, I run a digital advertising agency here in New York, and I teach a lot of courses online. I have over 180,000 students uh, around the world on the topics of Google ads, uh, building an agency, Facebook advertising, conversion rate optimization. Uh, I speak at lectures throughout the country. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's what I do. I try to help our clients figure out the best ways and the most creative ways and the most profitable ways to advertise their products and services on the internet. And I've got my great co-host, Andrew. Would you like to introduce yourself, Andrew? <laughs> Andrew? You mean Adrian. Uh- Adrian, Adrian, sorry. <laughs> Where's your brain? <laughs> I've already been on the show like seven times. Anyway, hi everyone. My name is Adrian. I'm the CEO and founder of Groundhog. Uh, we develop and build sales and marketing tools for businesses that use WordPress. If you'd like to find out more about that, you can go to info uh, or you can go to Groundhog with two G's at the end. Io. And uh, yeah, my name's Adrian, not Andrew John. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for pointing that out. Um, who's going to be the weakest link in this interview? It's probably your. Obvious. I've had a rough couple of days. I haven't had much sleep. Uh, um, but before we go into this great interview, I just want to talk about one of our great sponsors, and that's Kinsta Hosting. What does Kinsta Hosting do? Well, basically, they only specialise in WordPress hosting and WordPress hosting where you need performance. And basically, if you've got a membership site, a learning management system, or a WooCommerce website, or any kind of real business online, you need performance from your hosting provider. And that's what Kinsta provides. And they also provide um, some of the best technology. Um, You get all the latest versions of PHP, that makes your site quicker. One, one click backup, staging site, and you get Google Cloud. They use Google Cloud as the back of their service and what you really get from Kinsta is a fantastic interface UX design with 24-7 support from a really knowledgeable friendly team and you're sent to an expert the moment you use chat or email them you speak to expert you don't have to be migrated up to an expert you talk to expert from the start of your support request we host the WP Tonic website. They've been our major host for the past couple of years. We're really happy with Kinsta. So go over to Kinsta for yourself or for clients and get fantastic WordPress hosting. Right, Isaac, um, thank you for so much for coming on the show. Um, basically, what I'm going to cover with Isaac is really, um, it's going to have a certain emphasis on Google AdWords because that's one of the things he's most noted for and he's a superb expert on it. 
with an emphasis around um, how to use AdWords to promote your online course or membership website. So, Isaac, um, what do you think um, a newbie looking at maybe doing some Google AdWords um, are there one or two things they've really got to understand before they delve into the Google AdWords platform? Yeah. The first thing a person has to understand is that it's not a given. It's far from a given that you'll be profitable with advertising on Google. The most important thing you have to look at is the quality of your product or service. Um, no amount of advertising could salvage a poor product that people don't want to buy or that doesn't have the right price point um, or that a market doesn't exist for. So that's the first thing that people overlook. A lot of times people throw up a website and they're drop, they're drop shipping some product that you know Amazon sells for half the price or that they themselves are selling on Amazon already or it's an overpriced service that there's not a market for and the website looks shoddy and... Um, no amount of Google advertising is going to work to make those types of businesses profitable because ultimately people will come to your site and they will evaluate you and they will judge you based on the quality of your product and how much of a need your product solves and addresses. And that's an important thing that I think a lot of people overlook. The other thing is that it's expensive. It's not, you know, a lot of people think, or a lot, at least uh, many people that I've, that I've interacted with have a perspective that advertising on Google is going to be a magic bullet to success. You know, you're in front of uh, millions of people who are actively searching for what you offer, and it's the most uh, exciting concept in advertising, surely, which is why Google is the most successful and most profitable advertising platform in the entire world. Uh, Google... I, Google pulls in, when I started, Google was pulling in like 97% of Google's annual revenue was from their Google ads, AdWords at the time, advertising. Now they have other products that pull in revenue. So maybe it's at 70% or something like that, 80%. But still, the, the vast majority of Google's revenue comes from their advertising. So a lot of businesses that are well-optimized will want to play in the Google advertising space and they're willing to pay to be there. Uh, Google advertising results is, are all focused, are all based around a live auction system. So say, for example, you have 10 people who sell, uh, let's say, cell phone accessories. And they have a website, they all sell cell phone cases and they sell, and they're all around the same price point. Those advertisers set what they're willing to pay to get somebody to their site. So if, they're, if, if, if one website is better optimized and their products are better and they're their checkout process is smoother and they offer better discounts or they offer better guarantees or whatever it may be. And it looks more professional and they're able to convert a greater percentage of their visitors. Economically, they're able to now afford a higher price to get that person into their, into their, through their doors onto their website. Um, so if you're not fully optimizing the rest of your business funnel, you're going to lose out in the, in the advertise, and you're going to, you're, you're only going to be able to afford mathematically a lower, what we call cost per click. Um, but your cost per click is not what you want it to be. Like if you're if you if you bid too low, you won't get any impressions. You won't get any you won't get any traffic. If you bid high enough to play in the auction with these other more polished competitors of yours, you're going to be paying the price for those clicks. But you're going to not you're going to be uh, you're going to be coming out of it with a negative return on your money because your website and your business funnel and the rest of your process or your sales team or whatever it may be is not as well optimized and it's not as well put together as your competitors. So those are a couple of things that I think is, is, is that 
that are very important for a person who's approaching Google Ads for the first time to really understand? I just think that was fantastic and you explained that so coherently, Isaac, because I've always, I was told by somebody who, who makes their living out of um, AdWords, you know, um, running campaigns, that he, they said to me, Jonathan, this is just gasoline. This is just gasoline on the fire, but you need a fire before you put the gasoline on. Yeah. And if there's no fire, you're just putting a, a liquid that won't ignite the fire. The fire has to be raging before you put the gasoline on. Correct. So, um, over to you, Adrian. So if, uh, uh, keeping in the same with, if you're new to AdWords, uh, so if you're a business and you're new to AdWords, it's kind of your first foray and you're not exactly sure how much you should be spending before you pull the plug or you know what kind of results you should expect until you invest more money, uh, what would be a typical budget for someone who's new and you know, they're, they're testing out their market and they're saying, what would be a typical budget that someone should expect to spend before they start seeing an ROI? So that all depends on the type of um, that all depends on the type of business it is, and a lot of clients come to us asking us that exact same question, like how much do I need to spend before I see an ROI? And it all depends. It depends on how competitive the landscape is. It depends on how much the clicks cost. So if you're if you're a if you're a personal injury attorney and your clicks every single click could be costing you upwards of a hundred dollars, up to five hundred dollars per click, um, you, you need to be willing to, you need to be willing to spend thirty thousand dollars before you see before you're willing to assess whether or not this could work for you or to even diagnose what the issues may be. If you're a smaller business whose clicks cost a dollar fifty to two dollars and fifty cents per click, maybe you need to spend you need, you need to be willing to spend three to five thousand dollars before you could assess or diagnose what the issues may be. It also depends on how thin you're spreading the data across how many keywords across how many different campaigns. Um, there are so many factors, but certainly as a general, general rule of thumb, you're not able to throw $100 or $200 anymore to get an accurate sense of whether or not Google advertising could work for you. We usually tell clients, um, our clients typically come and, and, or the clients rather that we take on as clients will have a starting budget of at a minimum five to $10,000 a month. Um, and they understand that this is the, if it's the first time they're doing this, it could take three months before we actually understand what's happened and we have enough data to make new decisions. Um, and they go, they go into that with that sense. Very cool. Jonathan? So, Isaac, um, do you think Google AdWords can be used effectively to promote courses um, in 2019? And if yes, you know, um, if you were doing it, um, what would be... Some give some insight about what some of your strategies would be. Strategies for a Google Ads campaign? Around if you were promoting a course. Oh, if I'm promoting a course. Okay. Um, so with courses, you first have to figure out, and similar to every other, similar to every other product, you need to figure out what your profit is on a sale. And that comes from understanding how much you sell that course for. So let's say you sell that course for $10. You sell the course, I don't know, for, okay, $200. So an online course is a digital product. You're probably, you call it a 100% profit margin. If you, maybe it's $97 with a 3% credit card fee or whatever it may be. So you sell a $100 course. So if, you're, if, you're, if your cost per acquisition, your average cost per acquisition is more than $100, you're losing money. If it's less than $100, you're making money. But there's might be other considerations. So say I my students come and they buy a course, but one out of five students will buy an additional product of mine for $100, right? So that would make my average lifetime value of a customer $120. Um, so I can now afford to spend $120 to acquire a new customer for that first $100 product because I know on average, 
each of my customers on average individually will be worth $120 in revenue to me or in profit to me. So you need to understand your numbers. Um, and usually it's a little bit more complex. Maybe it's, it's $9 in the first, pro- first information product you're selling or course you're selling. And it's, you, have a, you, know, you have a more advanced coaching session for $1,000. And maybe one out of 500 people uh, will take you up on that and figure out the math and exactly what is a customer worth to you. Um, then you want to look at Google ads typically from Google ads, typically from the, the ground up, meaning from the bottom of the funnel up into the top of the funnel. So Google ads is great for bottom of the funnel traffic, which means people who are indicating through the way they're searching Google, that they're specifically ready to buy something that you sell. So a person might be looking for how to, um, landing page design course, Google ads training. Um, if you're making a course on how to sell on Amazon, it's Amazon sellers training. Now, those are people who are certainly indicating that they're in your market. But remember, if you have a course on a certain topic, so do 30 other people. And a lot of them are going to be using the same advertising platform. So you want to make sure that you could say something different in your ads and on your landing pages that your competitors cannot say. So if you have a lot of students, say that. If, you, if your course is longer than the other courses, say that. If your course goes into more detail, if your course includes templates and downloadable resources, whatever, whatever differentiates you is important to point out. Um, and you would, if you're beginning to launch an account, you have to figure out how much you could bid on a click um, based on how many of those clicks you expect to convert. So if you say that the maximum you're willing to pay for a sale is $100, right? And I don't know, maybe 10% of people that come to your site will buy, but probably not, probably more like 1% or 2%. So two out of every, two out of every 100 people are going to buy. So you could maybe spend $2 on a click at maximum. Um, if, you know, if one out of every 200 people are going to buy, um, then you need to spend no more than 50 cents on a click, right? So if you understand your economics, you can go into it with very low risk because with Google ads, you could set a daily budget. So you could, you could set your daily budget to $10, $20, $50 and, and set a lower or set the right economical max CPC bid um, and try to generate traffic that would be profitable. Eventually you'll want to test out Google's automated bidding strategies, which essentially gives a lot of the autonomy in selecting what you'll pay for a click over to Google, but you tell Google what you want to get a conversion or a sale for. So if you, once you have some data in the account, you have some conversion data in your Google ads account, you could tell Google, I want to spend no more than an average of a hundred dollars per sale. And I don't really care what I pay for a click because that's the truth. An advertiser shouldn't care what they pay for a click. They should care how much they're spending to generate a sale, what their profit margin is. Um, so that's the concept of Google automated bidding strategies where Google has a lot of additional data that you don't have on each individual searcher. Um, so for example, if you're managing a Google ads account yourself manually, you could, you could increase or decrease the budget based on time of day or based on age or based on gender, based on location. Google has a lot more information about each individual. They know your browsing history. They know if you have, if you lease two cars, they know if you have a, uh, um, a second home. They know if you have children in a soccer league, right? They, have, they just have thousands of these data points that they're able to look at to, to see if, you're, if, you, if this individual person searching is more likely to convert on your website than somebody else, even if they're using the exact same keyword or search term. So the automated bidding might say, okay, for, for this person, we'll, we'll actually bid $7 because we know that these types of people are going to convert on your website at 30%. But for this type of person, we're going to bid 40 cents because we know it's going to take one out of every one out of every 500 of these, these types of people in this bucket will convert. So you're letting Google totally control 
your auction level max CPC bid, but Google's going to aim to get you an average cost per sale of what you told them is your target cost per sale. Oh, I just thought that was fantastic. And I just want to recap before we go for a break. Well, I think the two fundamental things, you had a lot of information there, but I think if anybody's looked at AdWords, they probably followed you to, to a reasonable extent. But the two things I've got from what you've just said is, first of all, know, know your math, know your profitability figure. And secondly, don't go in blind, do your research on your competition on the platform that you're going to advertise because you've got to be, do something that is different to your competition. Would you agree with the um, the summary I've just done there, Isaac? Totally. All right. We're going to right. go for our break. And when we come back, we're going to delve. I think we've already seen that we've got a true expert on Google AdWords with us. Um, we'll be back in a few moments, folks. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30 day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com just like the podcast we're coming back i've really really enjoyed the discussion over to you adrian so we've been talking uh, a lot about google ads but what are your thoughts on some of the other ppc platforms out there that people can use for paid search and advertising like Bing, Facebook, should uh, should people be going to Google Ads first or should they uh, be investing their, uh, sig- uh, an equivalent or even more significant amount of time in, in these other PPC platforms? Um, I think that, that fundamentally a person should look at Google Ads first. Uh, we found that compared, especially compared to Bing, that the traffic quality is better and you get better data faster. Eventually, you certainly should explore Bing as an opportunity to capture additional traffic, especially a lot of people uh, with, of an older demographic are using Bing um, for their primary search engine. But if you have a limited advertising budget, I certainly recommend starting with Google, optimizing the campaigns, discovering some, some data and some trends, making adjust, adjustments to increase the profitability, and then take what you've learned and, and use that on Bing. And what about Facebook? Should, should people be doing those at the same time? Should they be doing one first and one after? Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on, on that platform? Again, it's, it depends. As a general rule, if, you, if you're dealing with a very small business with a small advertising budget, less than $5,000 a month, I would still say focus exclusively on Google Ads to start. But a lot of our clients come to us and we launch Facebook campaigns, which are very, very different. It's a different type of advertising. It's a different channel. It's a different medium. People relate to the content on Facebook in a different way. But certainly Facebook advertising is a, an enormous opportunity where clicks are usually cheaper, traffic is usually cheaper. And if you do it the right way, it could be highly profitable. Okay, thank you. Jonathan? Yeah, about Facebook, and I think what people can understand is Facebook is a, what is a, called a disruptive advertising platform. I, um, they put, you, you don't, you're not actively searching for something when you're Facebook, and then um, they, they, they put offering in front of you that disrupt the feed, where um, Google is a proactive platform. People are actively searching for your service or product, aren't they? Would you agree with that, Isaac? 
Yeah, well, exactly. That's 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 why everybody. That's why Google is. While Facebook is a big advertising platform, it's not nearly as big as Google because Google has. You know, with Facebook, you have to rely on contextual targeting. You know, what a person what a person likes, um, what pages he's associated with, the habits of their friends. You know, you could. You could with Facebook, you could tap into buyer behavior, credit card data, um, frequent flyers, hobbies, interests, all of that stuff, and it's great. Um, but that's all contextual. With Google, a person is actively searching for something. So, regardless of the context surrounding that searcher, you have the most valuable and luxurious information to an advertiser, which is what a person is expressing with their speech or their writing, which is unique to PPC advertising and search advertising on Google and Bing. That's why Google is a much more um, expensive ad platform. While Facebook's getting quite expensive as well, but Google's remains by and large more expensive. Um, but it certainly is a totally different type and format of advertising where with, with Google, it's it will be, we'd call permission marketing where a person's searching for an answer and you're going to provide them that answer. With Facebook, a person's more like they're scrolling through their feed looking for entertainment and you're going to try to sell them something. It's not easy. Um, so, but you, you know, I found you on Udemy. Um, I, I've actually taken some of your courses and you do a great job. And in your previous podcast interviews, you've talked about how Udemy was really central in establishing a brand for you and helping you establish your very successful agency. What, what's your thoughts about Udemy? And do you think people that are that are in the business of e-learning education, basically, in 2019. Can they use Unimi to establish their brand as well? Certainly. I mean, it's a challenge like anything else, but you could definitely use video and, and online education um, to establish a brand. And that's something which I highly, highly recommend people do. I've been telling this to my friends and, and colleagues and students for a long time. If you could establish yourself as a thought leader and generate trust that way. It's unbelievably valuable to your business, but it's not easy. Uh, when we made our first course, there was plenty of other Google Ads courses already on Udemy, but we went in and, and made a course that was much, much longer, much more thorough, more planned out. And we captured the majority of the market share on Udemy for Google Ads training. And it works, but it doesn't. you can't just go and throw up a two or three hour video that you recorded on your cell phone um, in a very competitive space and expect to get a following and expect to get a lot of students. It has to be really, really good. It's got to be 10 times better than, than the next best course out there. Yeah, you know, I, I in general, I agree with you on the quality statement, but also um, it, you're, you, you are aiming at a very broad, a very large... Um, market sector, you know, most businesses, most individual business or people that have businesses going to Unimi will probably have some interest in getting more clients. So AdWords is a way. So you appeal to a lot of people where somebody else can be more nicheified, if there is such a word. I tend to create words, Isaac. I apologize. Um, I can't pronounce your surname. I create words. It's your show. You're allowed to create. Yeah, you want. that's true. But do you do you believe also in the power of um, of finding a niche on Unimi as well? Um, yeah, I do. I think that there's a lot of creators on Udemy and in, and on on other online content platforms where um, people will go very hyper specific and find a following of highly relevant and highly engaged. Followers, like you see this with influence, we do a lot of influencer marketing for our clients, and you see the same trend where 
sometimes the largest accounts that have, you know, 10, 20, 30 million followers, their engagement rate, the percentage of people who see their posts and actually engage with their posts with a like or comment is relatively low compared to smaller influencers with 30, 40, 50,000 followers that, that are very niche. Um, their content and, and what they share and what they discuss with their followers is very niche. It's very specific. They have a much higher engagement rate. It could be a five or 10 times, uh, five or 10 X the engagement rate of the larger influencers. And those are the people who you want to really tap into if they have an overlapping audience with your products or your clients, your clients' products. So I, I'm, I'm all for niche and, and being a thought expert in the niche as long as there's enough people and there's a large, it's a large enough market. So if you're too hyper-specific, then even if you have a, a large percentage of that niche as a, fo- as, a, as, a, as a following, it's not valuable if it's overall not as large enough to make an impact in your, in your business. And also those people got to have money as well, haven't they? Because I've got one friend that has a hosting company uh, specifically aimed at students and he, he, he's built up a really nice business boot. But the, the problem is um, he needs a lot of students to be hosting with him because... Students don't have money. Because students don't have money. So student, students do not have a ton of money. They don't have money. Uh, over, At least traditional, traditional education students anyway. No. Over to you, Adrian. Um, so I have a question. So... Um, since, since uh, Jonathan was mentioning that in your previous podcast, you talked a lot about how you really got your start on Udemy. Now, how how would how did you go about moving people off of Udemy because they have that that built in audience and people are on already on Udemy? But how do you how what was your process for taking them away from Udemy and and actually bringing them into your own business, into your own courses, and into your your portfolio of clients? What does that process give us a high level overview of what that process looked like? Yeah, so that's that was difficult. Um, Udemy is a pretty closed, a pretty, a pretty closed system. Um, and they're, they don't like it when you, when you try to engage with your students off of Udemy. They want to keep them in Udemy. Yeah, they want to keep them in Udemy. They don't want you really engaging with your students too much um, off of Udemy. And essentially, the, the theory behind that is, is Udemy is the largest marketplace of courses. And they basically want all learning to be done or as much learning as possible to be done inside Udemy. And it makes sense from a business perspective. Um, in my personal opinion, I think they make it too difficult for creators to market to their audience to continue to attract top creators and top uh, produ- content producers, which I think will po- might cause some serious problems for them down the road if, if other competitors come knocking. But they do allow you to promote, to promote a, free, um, a free Facebook group, for example. So I have a Facebook group that I started a few months ago that I, I, I share articles, I share updates with Google Ads, I share um, different strategies that I'm working on, I share just different stories, and I, I help out my students with issues they're having in their own campaigns and their own marketing strategies, but, but mainly it's just the students interacting with each other, which is great. And um, I'll post you know, once or twice a month into the, in the Udemy courses saying, hey, you know, we have this great Facebook group, Join us. It's free. It's, it's students only. It's a great place to come and collaborate with your fellow students, learn digital marketing strategies, and get help with your campaign struggles. Brilliant. So promote the Facebook, uh, Facebook group on Udemy, and then they, they, they get the trickle of content and eventually find their way into your, your higher ticket sales offers. Very, very, very cool. Do they monitor that at all? At all? Or do they, do they like monitor your posts and be like, you can't promote that or anything? Yeah, or- I've, had, I've had some trouble with Udemy. Yeah, I've gotten some strikes on my account and my messaging 
my my email messaging. Uh, they're pretty stringent. Right, huh? suspended. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Dude, right. Yeah, that happens. But, and, and I try to be edgy. You know, like I try to push. I try to push the limits with the stuff that I do. Um, I try to push the limits, and uh, I, I don't mind taking a strike here and there. And that's just how it is, you know. Mm-hmm. So keep in mind if you're if you want to promote, then you have to you have to be a bit careful. Do you get do you get more? Do, you, do is there like a higher allotment for the more popular courses, or is it like pretty? No, pretty they're 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 pretty standard across. Yeah. Uh, they're pretty standard. I thought that that was actually something which was very surprising to me when I first joined Udemy and started like using the Udemy platform. Like I thought for sure they would be more, they would lenient, be much more lenient with the premium instructors. And I've actually had this discussion with my Udemy rep uh, many times saying it's like, it's like, it's one thing to treat, you know, your the majority of your instructors in one way, but the premium instructors that are driving the most amount of revenue uh, should have more leeway, should have more access. Like we don't get any emails from students. We don't get their actual email addresses. Um, if I promote a webinar I'm doing, Mm-hmm. They give me a strike. They're very, very strict. But that's listen. It's I am not. I'm not complaining. I have no right to complain. It's their business. They have every single right in the world to manage it and to structure the communication allowances between students and instructors in exactly the way they see fit. All right. Well, I think that that sort of like the the high level insight there is super helpful for anybody who's looking to go build their business on Udemy. It sounds like it's a great way to go as long as you as long as you stay careful. Yeah. yeah, and uh, before we wrap up the podcast part of the show, I, I don't think you want to be too worried about that, really, because um, before I signed up for your course, like any, you know, yeah, they might be discounted and they might be around like ten, twenty dollars. I use them as an introduction to instructor, 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 um, basically, and also I tend to look them up on on the web before I sign up because yeah it might be only ten twenty dollars so in monetary terms it's not a, not a large purchase not a large risk but it's a large risk on time and I'm time poor so I I don't want to spend twelve hours or five hours on somebody that doesn't have any idea what they're talking about so I look you up. And I, I find your website and I read your bio and I look at other courses um, that you've run on maybe um, things you got on YouTube to check out, am I going to spend five or ten hours with you? So I think people, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure, I might be very different to other people, but I'm sure there's a percentage of people that are doing the same. Would you agree with that, Isaac? Yeah, I would agree to that 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we're going to wrap up the podcast part of the show. So Isaac, I also think you've um, you've got your uh, a course. and um, Do you want to promote that? It's a new course. And I, I, I think it's not on you number, is it? Your, your no, audio cut out there for a sec, Jonathan. Hey, how about now? Right. Um, like I was saying, um, we're going to wrap up the podcast part of the show. Um, but um, Isaac, I think you've got a new course that you have, you're starting in the near future. Is that correct? Correct. It actually just launched. It's it's a it's a it's a monthly subscription. It's called the Agency Overdrive Membership. A person uh, anybody can go to our website, um, and if you, under training, you go to adventureppc.com, and under training, you'll see the Agency Overdrive Membership. Uh, right now, it's actually on sale. There's a coupon code uh, your viewers could use to save eighty percent for life on the ongoing on the life on the on the monthly membership. It's cancel wow. anytime, and it's a library of training videos for people who are looking to start their own digital marketing agencies or to build up 
uh, their freelancer business doing Google ads and web design and landing page design and Facebook ads for other people. I give out proposal templates and billing templates and I, I, I teach people how to find clients. There's a bunch of advanced Google ad strategies. Uh, right now, there's about 12 hours or 13 hours worth of lectures in there currently, which is why it's, it's a small library, which is why it's on an unbelievable sale. Um, and people love it. We have around 1,200 regular subscribers currently, uh, just launched a few months ago. And every single week I'm uploading a brand new lecture. And these lectures are anywhere between 30 minutes to an hour and a half long. They usually include templates and calculators and, and, um, things that you could, things that you could use in your business. And these are things that are taken directly from our business. So, um, it's a cool membership and I encourage people to check it out. Oh, could you give us the coupon code? Yeah, it's, it's, um, I mean, let me just, let me just grab the exact one for you to make sure I have the right one. It's A-O-P-S, um, like, you know, agency overdrive promotional sale, A-O-P-S, 1119. And if you go to the page, if you go to the actual link, um, it's, I, I have that coupon code on the page itself, so you could find it there. I'm sure Isaac will email those details to me, and I'll make very sure Absolutely. they're in the show notes. Um, Isaac, it's um, been a pleasure. Isaac's going to stay on for some bonus content, which you can see on the WP Tonic YouTube channel and on our website. If you want to see the complete interviews the quickest, it's always best to go to our YouTube channel. Um, I normally post our interviews there first before any other platform, before iTunes or on the website. If you want a full set of show notes with all the links and that, go to the WP Tonic website. They will be there. Um, thank you, Isaac. It's been a pleasure. You're going to have to come back. Like I say, he's going uh, to say. I, I, I appreciate you having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure. And he's going to stay on for bonus content. Um, Adrian, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to? So if you're interested in uh, self-hosting your CRM marketing automation and, and installing some sales tools that can seriously help maximize your revenue right within WordPress, then you can head on over to Groundhog with two Gs at the end .io to download our free sales and marketing automation plugin, help you maximize revenue on your site, implement follow-up campaigns, implement email marketing campaigns, all of that good stuff. Uh, you can also reach out to me personally. My personal email address is info at groundhog.io to ask any questions that you might have. That's great. And we'll see you next week when we have a similar expert like Isaac sharing his knowledge, his experience, so to make you a more effective online entrepreneur. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.